grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from Matthew chapter 22. Jesus says, show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and whose inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled and they left him and went away. This is the text. Dear friends in Christ, the other day I got pulled over in a speed trap, and when the officer came to my door, he put his hand in my window and said, papers. I put my hand over his and said, scissors, I win, dropped it into gear, and took off. This officer had a very competitive streak because he chased me for kilometers for a rematch. Now, if there's any young drivers out there, this is a joke. <laughs> do not. Do not do this. And do not say my pastor said I could do this. Even worse. When I was a young lad on vacation with my family, sometimes I would see a car approaching from the opposite direction and they'd flash their lights at my dad. I remember asking my dad, why do they do that? He replied, they are warning me that there's a police officer up ahead trapping speeders. To this day, and I don't know, is that universal? I'll see some head shakes out there. Yeah, okay, good. To this day, if somebody flashes their lights at me on the road, I automatically slow down, and in my head, I thank them for the warning. But alas, it is not always enough in my household. Tickets now come in the mail, because the only flash I usually see now is the one in my rearview mirror, as the photo radar catches me going over the speed limit. It's probably been more than two decades since I've been pulled over by the police. And the last time, I was asked that very simple question by the officer, do you know how fast you were going? When it comes to traps, this question is the real trap because I suppose at all times you are supposed to know how fast you are going. And if you do not know how fast you are going, you can probably be charged with something like driving with undue care and attention. But if you say, yes, I was going 160 kilometers an hour in a school zone, it's an admission of guilt that can be used against you in a court of law. This question is not really a question at all, how fast are you going, but a trap. Either way, they got you. In today's gospel lesson, as I read it, I want to warn Jesus and say, Jesus, it's a trap. Don't answer the Pharisee's question. You have outsmarted these people before. But this is different. Here in the scriptures, Matthew records, the Pharisees went and took counsel how to ensnare him, how to entrap him in his statement. The use of this word, ensnare, was to catch Jesus speaking against the ruling authority, and thus he be, could be convicted as a rebel and dissenter, or speaking against the law of God, and thus be stoned as a sinner or a blasphemer. It's a trap, and they want to spring it on Jesus so that he will make the fatal mistake that he cannot back out of, so that they might charge him or they might kill him. The Pharisees have no love for Caesar, and they want to throw off Roman rule, and the Herodians that they partner with have no love for God, but live under the rule of Herod who serves under Caesar. The Herodians favor the tax because the house of Herod depends on Rome, even though these two groups, the Pharisees and the Herodians, they hate each other. They hate someone else even more. They hate Jesus and they want to see him dead. So with honeyed words of flattery, they come before the Lord saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. In reading this, I think, Jesus, don't fall for it. It's a trap. But then the trap is sprung by the question. 
No matter how Jesus answers this question, he will be caught and either charged under Roman law or charged under Jewish law. They say, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful? Is it legal to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This tax was exacted from everyone and was considered a show of servitude to the Roman power. The Pharisees hated paying this tax and the Herodians paid it to show allegiance to Rome. The thing is, the Lord doesn't need any warning by me or anyone else when it came to these men, for he knew it was a trap, and the Lord of all creation would not be trapped by mortal men. He's aware of their malice, and he calls them out saying, why are you tempting me, you hypocrites? Then Jesus turns the trap around saying, show me the, the tax coin. It's a little like Jesus asking the men these questions. If they ask him the question, is it lawful for us to carry knives? under our belts and Jesus says well show me your belt knives and in doing so they have answered their own question for they're already doing it these men produce from their own wallets the very coin they use to pay the tax with the very coin they buy bread with the very coin they do commerce with they do so under Roman rule and in Roman marketplaces and by using this coin they bend their knee to Roman rule and the authority that it carries or they would not carry it but Jesus goes further and he asks the question, whose likeness and whose inscription is on that coin? Jesus catches them at their own game and makes them say the title of the man by whose authority they buy bread. Caesar, they answer. Jesus' trap is now sprung. For they have shown that they put themselves under the authority of Caesar. The Pharisees still hold that they belong to God and God alone. But by their own admission, this position is untenable, for they themselves are now holding the coinage that they say is unlawful in the sight of God. Jesus traps these men, but not to kill them, but to teach them the truth, saying, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. If Jesus would be an unlawful man under Roman rule, he would say yes, or a lawful man under Roman rule, he would say yes, pay the tax. And if Jesus were a God-fearing man and truly a Jew, he would say, in God's eyes, it is not lawful to pay the tax. This man, whom both the Pharisees and the Herodians say will not be swayed for fear or favor, answers as only God can. Render to the authorities what is due to them, and render to God what is due to him. No wonder they marvel, for there is no getting out of this trap except how Jesus got out of it. Jesus knows that in the end, there's only one authority that matters, and that is the one set up by his Father. As Paul tells us, let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. We as sinners fall into the same trap as these men who confront Jesus, because in our sin, we would render homage to the person that matters the most to us, and that is us. The Pharisees and the Herodians were not concerned with the things of God. That's why Jesus calls them hypocrites or two-faced. Who spoke these words of flattery, but they only wanted death? How often have we wanted our own authority when it comes to spiritual things? We call on God when we need him, but only after we've exhausted our own resources. We fall into the snare of sin, falling in love with the things of the world or the things of the flesh. And when we are caught being two-faced, we often say, well, everyone in the world is doing it, or I'm only human after all, or how can God expect me to follow his law all the time? 
We want to follow our own path through this life and live by our own authority, doing as we please. But the writer of Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but that way leads unto death. And like the Pharisees and the Herodians, that would be our lot. Death would be our lot if the man God, Jesus Christ, had not come to walk the path of death for us. Christ came by his own authority, laid down his life on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins that we might be snatched from the snare of death. Our Lord rose from the dead and now proclaims by what authority he has saved you. Jesus says, fear not. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys to death and to Hades. The trap of death is sprung by Christ, and now death holds no fear for you, for death could not hold Jesus, and it shall not hold you. The one that holds you is the one that loves you and says to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You shall not be snatched from the hand of Christ, for it was the very hand that was pierced and pinned to the cross in death for your sake, paying for sins, yours and mine, that we might be forgiven unto life everlasting. How did Christ spring the trap of death that was waiting for us all? By dying. And now that we are baptized into Christ's death, we shall rise to life. This day, Keegan was baptized into Christ's death, so that his death, our death, will now be a doorway unto life everlasting. As Paul says of being baptized into Christ, for one who has died has been set free from sin. For if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead, he will no longer die. Death no longer has dominion over him. The snare of death, that trap of death, has no hold on you. Christ has sprung from the grave to give you eternal life in him. Your sins are forgiven and your salvation is sure. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.